opening crawl. A long time ago, three friends talked about recording a show, a podcast in which they could feel truly free to discuss tons of nerdy stuff passionately, like dragons, time travel, robots, and clones, mutants, time travel, board games, and thrones, aliens, wizards, time travel, zombies, zombies that time travel? You betcha, Dobby. Comic-Con, steampunk, parallel worlds, Mega Man, Hearthstone, but no sports or girls. So red pill or blue pill, now that you know, we'd like to welcome you to the Cast Springer Show. Introducing your hosts, Pat, Patsy, Rygra, singer, Chris, Trussy, Rerock, singer, and Randy, Ransa, Rorock, Saffer. Cast Springer. All right, and welcome to Cast Springers. Chris, Randy, what's up? Pat, this is our 10th episode where they call it a Cast Springers dozen. Um, I'm excited. Wait, How do, are you guys feeling? Do we, we, we do often call dozens by multiples of 10. That is, we are, we're all no, known for the, it. It's the Cast Springers dozen. Like, the Baker's dozen is really 13. Cast bringers undersell you and only give you 10. Yep. Exactly. But it's like 10 swords. So it's pretty good. <laughs> 10 castanets. <laughs> yeah. Or tw- 20 individual halves of a castanet, which could be good. I'm going to stop now. Randy, what's up? Uh, uh, not much. Not sure I want to say any more to send us on another. Uh, sideline there so chris how are you doing i'm doing well gentlemen it is good to be recording good to be bringing casts to the castanets love it all right let's let's uh you know get caught up though chris what have you been nerding on this week so uh if our listeners will recall last week was a very slow nerd work week for me this week was a very fast Hi, lot nerd week, nerd word work, nerd week for me. I got you. Yeah, I, I can't talk because I've been nerding so much. Uh, my wife and I beat uh, Super Luigi Ultimate Deluxe, got all the star coins. Nice. So we still haven't gotten the Superstar Road beat yet, but we did defeat Bowser. So we're working on that. That was awesome. Um, I got myself a mini Frostmourne keychain. It is fantastic. It's the coolest looking sword anyone has ever gotten. Probably the coolest sword this week that anyone's gotten. So that's awesome. I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. I've been playing Amazon Luna. That was pretty good. Got it hooked up on my phone and on the controller. So I like sat in bed playing all these AAA games on my phone. That was surprisingly uh, worked very well. So that's awesome. I'm going to definitely get that going a lot more. And I think I hit a new level of nerdiness this week, guys, because for most of the afternoon into the night on Saturday, and then also on Sunday, I was watching live comic book auctions on the internet. (laughs) Um, Saturday didn't even bid. I just watched and it's not like you're watching an auction house. You're just staring at the comic and watching numbers go up. But I couldn't turn my head away. And then on Sunday, I experimented with a little bidding. Didn't really win. I think I won one for like $2. That isn't anything. But it was super fun and addicting. And I might have a problem with comic books. I mean, 
Chris, I, I'm I'm jealous and and also a little mortified. One of my brothers said, I think you have a problem. And my response was, well, at least it's not heroin. And she said, yeah, I, I guess. You're not wrong. At least it's not. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely and not wrong. Said, I don't know. Heroin might be cheaper. <laughs> oh. Also, apologies to any of the, the heroin users who listen to the show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> We're here for to support you. We're not judging you. No judgment zone. No judgment this is a no zone. judgment zone. In, in my priorities, I prioritize comic books over heroin. Sure. Other people may be different, and that's their right. So, right. Chris, do you feel like this is a slippery slope for you that next oh, yeah. week we're going to talk to you? I mean, <laughs> you've already bought comics <laughs> that you showed us before the episodes, and you've been buying quite a few, so I don't know where this is going to lead. You yeah, essentially have told us... On eBay, this is like silent auction houses that just run their own show on the internet so we'll see where it leads yeah you, i think you've essentially told us that you have bought comics in your sleep so <laughs> i feel like this is uh you know so, <laughs> so i great, did wake but... up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night at like 1 30 and checked my phone the auction was still going so i might have looked to see what was up <laughs> for 20 30 minutes in the middle of the night i i can't wait to hear how this goes i i know he's just gonna all that nerd stuff behind him is just gonna be comic books in the next few weeks but that's awesome chris yeah it's this is why you're on this podcast you've earned your you've earned your spot so i, I i'm gonna be honest guys my full attention might not be here because as you can see there's an auction going on right now. <laughs> oh no! For our for our uh, listeners out there, it is a lot of what looked like Akira comic. Yep, it's a lot of Akira, the original Akira run. This is, I looked close. They're all the last. They have one through. I think Akira went to forty or fifty, and they have them broken up into lots of five to eight, depending on what number grouping. And this is a lot. It looks like twenty-five to. 30 something and so those would those would be the mangas is that right no there was a like a graphic novel adaptation oh okay cool and so right now the pre-bid has it at 16 dollars but i don't think it's gonna definitely not gonna go that high so it doesn't sound too expensive. i mean it'll go way higher than that so it sounds really expensive. Okay. <laughs> All right, Randy, how about you, man? What have you been nerding out on this week? Uh, same things as always. Going going through Dune. Uh, it's awesome. I'm loving the book. I've gotten to a point where I've gotten farther in the book than I've ever gotten before. So I'm really enjoying where the story's going. Uh, I am almost done with Raised by Wolves, which it had a couple slow episodes. I'd say episode seven and eight were a little slow, but episode nine comes right back at it. And it's once again, I think one of the best shows on TV right now. Um, so that's awesome. And I don't know if anybody's listened to a podcast called Castbringers, episode nine, um, Among Us Sus, but that one was all about Pokemon and I listened to it. And I was inspired to re-download Pokemon Go. And it is exactly how I remembered. I play it for about three minutes, get bored, and don't play it anymore. 
So I don't know if I just don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing. Are you walking around like the city when you're playing or at a park or anything? Or are you just like sitting in your house? I'm just sitting in my house. That's that's why it's boring. Yeah, you're playing Pokemon Go, which is like the weird. It's not real Pokemon. Okay. You got to be walking around a park or like going to a museum or going on a hike. I mean, I'm, I'm catching a lot of them. They're like huddled right around where I live. So I catch like five or six every time. But then what do I do with them? I, I don't understand what I'm supposed no, nothing. to do. Oh. <laughs> you, bring them to, you bring them to virtual gyms and you battle. Okay, so I got to go to a gym and battle someone. All right, next week, I'll let you guys know how that goes because I've seen the gyms on there. So, so that's, uh, I played it a few nights and uh, that's it. That's about all I'm doing. Pat? Sweet. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, so I thought my nerd week was going kind of slow until like maybe the last day or so. Um, but so like through the week, uh continuing streaming the a little bit of the franchise on twitch the madden franchise we uh so me and the two other guys that are doing it we are now i think actually today just got into the playoffs for season two of our franchise so that's been fun um let's see what else been going through iron gold i'm getting towards the end of it now and so it's getting really good so i i'm it's kind of steamrolling a little bit or, or snowballing i should say where i'm picking it up a more and more um and then I am excited. I think maybe after we record tonight, I'm going to start watching uh, Pacific Rim, The Black, the new like kind of anime uh, cartoon that they made about, about Pacific Rim on Netflix. So I'm going to start that. Uh, and then last thing, just a little something I got for my birthday for my loving brother. Got a sword! What? It is. I know our listeners can't see it, but I'm going to hold it up again because it's pretty sweet. It is like a almost like an Excalibur like sword. Uh, it's it's. Oh Pat, nice. I want you to know it's not Excalibur like. I pulled the sword from the stone and just said, "It's for your birthday, Chris." Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, I can't, King of England. I can't have it. You're the one who pulled it. You are the true king. But it's my giving nature. As the king, I'm abdicating, and you're next in line for the throne now. Chris okay. is no, Chris is known as the Caspringer's Arthur, so I think mm-hmm. makes sense. So then, who am I, Galahad? You're or whoever Arthur? you're whoever Arthur gave the sword to after he didn't want it. You're the one whose armor shot out the brick wall. Ooh, we're talking King Arthur the cartoon. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah I was awesome. Do you Wait, remember how the... like? Go I ahead, just Pat. remember that cartoon had like a really like metal opening, <laughs> like it was just. Lots of like electric guitar just shredding, <laughs> and they were a football team. That yeah, <laughs> that was the part I remember. His the the guy's name, the quarterback was Arthur King. <laughs> <laughs> so good. They put a lot of thought into that name. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, but yeah. Just got the sword today. Uh, it's awesome. Can't oh, Pat, wait. be careful you don't cut yourself. Sword is not a weapon, it's a tool. For like the <laughs> coolest GD tool you'll ever have. My question is what what purpose do you use this tool for? Sorting. It's like in Harry Potter, they have the sorting hat. <laughs> oh, this okay. is very similar. So it's <laughs> for dividing people into groups. Yes. Like their legs are here. People's pieces into groups. Yeah, their legs are here. Their arms are there. <laughs> Got it. Okay. The sorting. 
Yeah, maybe you should put that sword away for a little bit so you'll learn more about swords. Still holding it. <laughs> um, I'm very jealous the sword is. Maybe uh, somebody, we could tweet a picture or Instagram a picture of it out at some point. If only, if only the Catspringers had an Instagram account. Yeah. Oh, wait. I think we do, and I think there's already a picture of a sword on it. Listen, well, let's get another sword. Crazy. Yeah. We put too many sword pictures on Instagram. They might start battling each other. <laughs> Hear me out. That's exactly the reason why we should put more sword pictures on Instagram. I'm, and... right, I'm going to log off this podcast now and get more sword pictures off. <laughs> I'm actually, we're going to switch to Instagram Lite. I hear that's that's a thing now. <laughs> so, so, Chris, know, they announced they're coming out with Instagram Lite, and nobody knows what that means and what the difference is. Really, I didn't hear about that. Yes. Wait, is that on the multi-screen? That's not intimidating and actually works. <laughs> Speaking of articles, let's get into the multi-strike. All right, uh, Randy, what what have you got for us this week? Very sh- short, quick article on Superman and Lois. Um, right now, the show is a hit. It's been renewed for a second season already. Unfortunately, they had to stop production because of COVID. And so if you're watching the show, it's only going to go through episode five, even though I think they said they had 10 episodes that they're planning on doing. And then they're going to um, fill this slot with Supergirl. So just a heads up, don't give up on it. It's just, it's got to be filmed. because Yeah, they had an outbreak on the set is what mm-hmm. I heard. That's why they had to stop yeah. filming. So, um, and that's one part of Superman news. And then right before the podcast, I read that uh, Henry Cavill, I think, he... Cavill. Um, Cavill. I always say it wrong. He, Cavill? Cavill. He, um... <laughs> ah, that's... That's going to be the one we only laugh at. He just, he said that he, there's a rumor he is angry at Warner Brothers and he's putting up a stink about this Superman and not being anymore because of Walter Hamada, who I think is one of the higher ups at Warner Brothers. Um, so I think that's going to come out probably a little bit more now. So we'll see where all that goes to. Um, but that's pretty much my news. And I kept it to Superman this week. Nice. Yeah, the Walter Hamada stuff is weird because, I mean, we won't get too much into it yeah. on, uh, on today's episode, but there's all the Ray Fisher stuff, and I'm sure that's a topic we will dive into at some point a, a little bit more. But And the uh, Snyder Cut's coming out this week, maybe? Next week. Next, Next week? A week from today, actually, I think. So I'm watch thinking, party. Yeah, watch party, four-hour watch party, but uh, I'm excited about that. So, Stay tuned the, for our special four-hour-long podcast as we all watch Snyder Cut. Live stream us watching Snyder Cut. It'll be real bad. The podcast. <laughs> well, well, maybe actually both. The podcast Listen, and, if we go into it with really low expectations, then we won't be let down, and maybe we'll be surprised. I mean, the original was, what, a little over two hours, so there's... A, there, maybe two and a half so there's a lot of new material there i'm hoping it fits together <laughs> all right chris you want to jump into yours yeah my article is about dyson spheres and how in the future dyson spheres will most likely be the key to immortality 
So there was a little technical glitch with the article when the article first came out on Popular Mechanics is where I originally read it. We were able to access it and I read it thoroughly at the beginning of the week, but now for some reason it seems locked behind a paywall, which put a little wrench in our plans. And, you know, Castanets, we want you to be able to read the articles that we discuss. So we found a shorter summary version on the Nerdist. But what the article talks about is the different stages that a Russian theorist has put forth to how to develop immortality. And uh, in it talked about how uh, you'll need a very strong, high-powered artificial intelligence to be immortal. So we're still kind of working on that. Mortality might be a little bit off. And then the first stages of immortality will be digital replicas either uploading your consciousness into a simulation or downloading your consciousness into alternate bodies or alternate units, kind of like the heads on Futurama. And then ultimately to have pure resurrection or pure immortality, you will need energy that could only be sustained by a Dyson sphere. Now what a Dyson sphere is, is harnessing the entire power of a star where you wrap either solar panels around it or some sort of machine surrounds the star and you are able to turn all the energy the star emits into usable energy for your society. So I don't quite think we're going to make immortality yet, but we're close. We have the idea. We have the idea. So I was doing a little more research on Dyson spheres after this because it kind of piqued my interest. And so, like I said, you can wrap them like solar panels, but I think there you can also wrap like vacuum cleaners to suck the energy out of the sun or the star that you're using. So, are, are we like talking a mega like made from space? Was, that's exactly where I was going to yeah. go next. We're talking like a mega made situation where you just get a couple yeah. of them to suck the sunness. Suck, suck, suck. He gets it. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, so we just probably need like a couple hundred to million mega maids all around the star. Easy. And then, then Spaceball One will go to Plaid. And Immortality. It's yours. Take it. Wait, that's a different movie. Because it's Sparta. That's still a different, different movie. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I love it. Love it all. So Immortality, we're on the brink. Just, just got to, uh, you know, get this Dyson vacuum cleaner sphere thing going. I'm looking at the chart that he made. It is insane. <laughs> Did you guys look at this thing? Yeah, I didn't get a good look at it yet. That would be a good thing to insta out. What's the What's the difference between what is this guy? Uh, He's like a, a life extensionist. They call him theorist. It seems made up. Yeah. What What's the difference between that and a science fiction writer? I feel like they're exactly the same. Well, see, a life extensionist is primarily um about extending your life okay (laughs) well that's it fair enough i mean this guy's got the the four plans are survive until a strong artificial intelligence cryonics is plan b plan c is digital immortality and plan d is small chances that immortality already exists I mean, I feel like well, he just made sure. this. You guys, you, we can um, also just go straight to the immortality-roadmap.com and <laughs> everything right there for you. So, 
Perfect. There are some existential risks. It does put those out there. One fair warning. (laughs) How did he get that uh, website? I mean, I thought that would have been taken by now. (laughs) He probably had to pay a pretty penny to the um, site squatter. Guys, new new uh, new name of our podcast. This is the title here: "Surf the Wave of Longevity, Escape Velocity." I kind of like that. I would like to point out that it, according to the roadmap, by the year twenty one hundred, immortality will be able to be achieved. Prevalent right there. We'll have that Dyson sphere rolling. Yep. Are, are they on the same timeline as that Unlimited space hotel? lifespan using digital backup and AI protection. We're all going to be our own cryptocurrency, I think. Mm-hmm. Non-fungible tokens, guys. It's the future. Once again, Chris brings a an awesomely interesting article that is full of very factual and not made up stuff. To Hold the on, table. guys. I got distracted. The <laughs> DuckTales lot of comics just popped up. Oh. Watch where this goes. You get the Inception one, Chris. We haven't talked about it yet, but if you can find it. What number is it? Do you know? <laughs> no idea. No. Sorry. All right. I will jump into mine. Uh, mine might be a little less made up, but also a little less interesting than Chris's. Actually, I um, loved yours, Pat. I'm gonna be, I was smiling to myself as I was reading it. My article was about doors, specifically doors in <laughs> video games. Uh, a bunch of video game programmers just kind of started coming out and saying how, like, just putting programming the doors in their video games is actually incredibly difficult and really, really hard. Um, they gave like a couple different reasons just that. Um, and so specifically too, these are doors that do physically open and close and can be locked. Um, but so for in like kind of advances in video games, you have destructible environments. So now also too, you have to like kind of program for the doors to potentially be broken or not broken. And then also with that, it, can complicate it if the door can be locked or unlocked because you don't want a situation where then it's barring like the progress of another player. Um, and then also another complication is that it can bottleneck kind of your your path programming for NPCs or for just regular player characters. And so then you have to kind of fig- make the NPC smart enough to like get out of the way of the player if they're trying to go through the door at the same time and just, just all this sorts of stuff. And it was just kind of, I never had thought about how how much they have to think about in programming just a door. <laughs> it was just kind of crazy. Like, especially you think about a game, like I think of like Skyrim where you're, where like, if you go into a town, you're going through multiple doors and like all these different houses and stuff that are just like that, where they can be locked or unlocked and, and can kind of open. And there's NPCs moving around everywhere. And that has happened where like, they kind of, you just get stuck, like trying to get in each other's way or whatnot. So it's just crazy. I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, the two interesting things I took from it was one, Assassin's Creed, I guess, has no doors in the video game, um, because one of the developers said that. And then the other thing was The Last of Us, um, the the creator of that, or one of the developers was talking about how they made the door for that game and how much thought went into, you know, if it opens too slowly, now the the creatures are going to get you. If it opens too fast, it takes you out of the game and makes it unreal. So they had to figure out a way to do it. So pretty much you can get through the door fast, but then they had it close slowly behind you, which would also help you get away from the creature. It was, it, I thought it was a fascinating article. Um, yeah. And I was just laughing to myself uh, about how complicated doors are. Yeah. And, and like the, uh, 
you the Assassin's Creed thing that's a good thing that you brought up Randy because I I hadn't thought about that in that game and the more I thought about it I was like well yeah and that's kind of a benefit of their like historical context settings of you know ancient Greece or this newer one is in uh ancient England you know not ancient England but medieval England with the Viking invasions and you know just all those games right like they can take advantage of kind of the architecture and how they were just like open air environments a little bit um so they didn't have to worry about doors which is kind of funny do you think the creator thought first you know i want to make a video game about an assassin in history or i want to make a video game where there's no doors and what could i do i think i think it was both he was like i want to make this assassin game but i really hate programming doors how do i do it I should and probably Assassin's put it Creed. when there were no doors. Yeah, and then Ancient Greece, Born. <laughs> I my actually, and the other thing I thought was really great. Um, and I used to be on Twitter for news. I haven't really gone on in a while, but I think one of my favorite things about Twitter is when something like this, a really niche subject, comes up, and you get all these people that have had to deal with it in the past just start tweeting about it. Like it seemed like somebody asked a question. One of the developers of a game tweeted like the answer. And then all of a sudden, all these other developers from other games and other companies are like, oh yeah, I have problems too. And it's just, that that is kind of cool to me. Like, you know, yeah. there's a connection there. And you could totally tell they were just, they were like just kind of venting on yeah. how they hate programming doors. <laughs> like they each had their own, like, like kind of like, this was a pain story. Yeah. Just like when I had to program this door this one time and it yeah. was good. One of the companies was like, we do all our doors first and then program <laughs> the game after. <laughs> which, which that also seems insane. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I loved your article, Pat. Awesome. All right. Let's finish it out with the killing blow. All right. This week's killing blow article was sent in by Supercastinet Nick. As always, Nick, thank you. Because <laughs> you, you're essentially at this point the fourth host of the multi strike. It's like the uh, light guy in Fish. Joe <laughs> just doesn't work without him. That's right um so his article uh basically just sending in that uh in warner brothers warner media the boss indicated that some new harry potter projects may be coming our way um specifically i think it sounds like a lot of harry potter harry 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 potter uh sounds mainly like it'll be uh potentially some stuff for hbo max which sounds great what guys more Harry Potter stuff. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, I'm in. It's a great. I think we've established. <laughs> I'll never say no to more content. Yes. Unless it's Zack Snyder redoing it. <laughs> Wait. But it's actually, Zack Snyder will be a part of it. He's going Zach to play Harry. Zack Snyder's teaming up with J.J. Abrams <laughs> to redo more Harry Potter. Yeah. I'm going to Harry Potter on. multiverse. Zack Snyder is actually going to play Harry Potter though. So. It's a stretch. We'll see. I always like. I always wanted Harry Potter, but from like the really like mundane kid who just just trying to go to class, and he's like, "This stupid Harry Potter keeps ruining my class because I just want to get my potion certificate." Just like the the basically the the perspective of like the extra kid in the background yes. right who's just like sitting in the corner watching Harry Potter like fight Voldemort and like I just wanted to get my degree in like potion making mm-hmm. 
I'm here because I'm trying to take over my parents' griffin farm, and I, so I need to learn how to care for these creatures. But freaking Harry Potter over here keeps sending us to war. Gosh, dang, nabbit. Dag Nabbit is a classic, classic. Uh, <laughs> Dag Nabito oh. Virtusuo. <laughs> in in ye, ye old England, they always say Dag Nabbit. <laughs> well, see, this would be an American farmer. Oh, going <laughs> oh. Hogwarts. Overseas. So this would be more like okay. a fantastic a scholarship music. exchange program. Got it. Okay. I think we're just creating fanfic right now. Yeah. Copyright Caspringers TM. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I read this too. I was pretty excited about some kind of same attitude as you guys. Always want more content. Harry Potter's, a, you know, it's a one of, the, I wouldn't say favorite franchise, but it's one I, I like. I enjoy, you know, I enjoy the stories and stuff. So more content would be cool. Um, it's interesting just again there's a lot going on with harry potter right now too and kind of jk rowling maybe on the outs a little bit with with people and how popular she is but uh i think everyone's still kind of still loving harry potter which is good so more harry potter can't be bad yep. cool it's, all right i, I think this is a harry potter mmo seems to be not coming along as well as they had hoped huh yeah that's that may be a topic for another episode as well because that does seem like it's having a little bit of rough development we'll see probably too many doors there could be (laughs) hogwarts has a lot of doors heck that could be where they're running into some trouble it's definitely not the the like white supremacist racist posts that their lead developer was putting up this is no nope the doors it's definitely just the doors (laughs) if they just started with the doors i think it would make things a lot easier you're getting, having trouble getting the right Dag Nabbit in there. <laughs> Is it Dang Nabbit or Dag Abbot? Dag Dag Nabbit. Dag Nabbit. Ding Babbit. It's like it's like Welsh rarebit. You have to say it, <laughs> you know, say it with the right. Don't you bring Welsh rarebit into this? That stuff is delicious. <laughs> it is fantastic. I love Welsh rarebit. This is a, but I feel like this Harry Potter article is a good segue to our next, our, to our meat and potatoes, essentially, right? Which is, I mean, you're taking a franchise like Harry Potter and there it sounds like they're going to be expanding into a lot more media. It's good for us. Let's just hope they do well with it. Um, yeah. you, you know, when the more stuff you put out, the more likely you're obviously going to have some problematic. Can you guys think things. of any, you know, main uh i've lost the word are you trying to think of like are there any main franchises that have had some trouble with uh might need to be fixed (laughs) well chris Hmm. that may bring us to our next segment let's get into it all right our meat and potatoes for this week we the Castbringers are going to fix Star Wars. I think this is a great. That that would have been a great spot for yeah, like a sound effect drop. But uh, you know, I didn't have that queued up. So I mean, never mind. I did. It's right there. 
Which which is your favorite Star Wars theme song, Pat? My favorite theme song? Song uh, from Star Wars. Dark side. Bum 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 bum. It's definitely still walked that, in. that I opening. I walked in playing every room I walk into. See, I, I still like the opening just with the really loud horn blare and going right into the theme. Etc. cetera, et cetera. It's really good. What about you, Randy? Mine is... The slow version. Okay. You know, building up to the... Oh, I love that. Or the... I mean... I want that playing every time I walk into a room. I want Chris to come in first, and then I'm going to come in with that one. All right. So the reason this, because this may seem kind of random to some of the listeners who've been following the show, but the reason we wanted to dive into the kind of Star Wars this week. Um, so uh, earlier in the year, I think it was maybe during like summer, the summer during quarantine, um, Colin Trevorrow, who was the original, going to be the original director for episode nine, uh, and then got fired. Well, they said that uh, they like mutually agreed to part ways him and Lucas films, but it, the more we heard about it, it kind of seemed like he just got fired. Um, his original script for episode nine was released and kind of leaked to the, you know, leaked to the internets. The internet did its thing and people got a hold of it and were reading it and whatnot. And so one big fan finally made uh, comics for episode nine, which was called originally buy him called- on an auction site. You no, actually, Chris, you don't need to buy them on an auction site. They are free to read. I'm out. Nope. <laughs> doesn't want them. Doesn't want to read them. Um, but so he just made them of his. And so the original movie title was going to be Duel of the Fates. And so he made comics to them all. And I started reading them. And I, so to, to first to be upfront, I really hated Rise of Skywalker. Um, and so then after I read these, I, it just made me mad again. I was reliving uh, some of my old uh, just anger of after I watched that movie. And so I just really had to get it off my chest and talk to you guys about it and maybe see if we can figure this out. So first of all, though, what are your, what are your thoughts on Rise of Skywalker and just the, the latter trilogy in general? Uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> better, better than the Lucas prequels was it though see that's the thing is i don't even really know if it was i i didn't hate it as much as other people did it especially as much as you but it wasn't great that's for sure randy what about you i've been waiting to talk about this like you said pat forever i'm glad it's on our 10th episode i feel like it's a great one to go into this on um Oh man, where do you start? Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I guess we should start here. Are we going to include spoilers for all these things? So if you haven't we, seen them. We will, yes. So just okay. general spoiler alert. I mean, the movies are all, they've been out for a while now. They're on streaming services and stuff. So I feel like a lot of people have probably seen them, but just in case you haven't, this will be the generic spoiler alert for the rest of the episode. We are going in depth uh, for all of these movies. So if you haven't seen Star Wars and you feel like you're going to see them, be warned. And how about The Mandalorian? Because I would like to talk about that in connection. Same. Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's, uh, you know, we'll lump The Mandalorian into that as well. So I'll start with um, 
Rise of Skywalker. I thought it was an enjoyable movie. I remember right after we talked, Pat, and I thought it was entertaining, but story and plot-wise within Star Wars was garbage, absolute garbage. Um, I I think my first problem, though, was with Force Awakens. Again, entertaining movie. It was one of those movies that after I thought more and more about it and started to get more and more frustrated with. Um, but I think... No, and, and now looking after the Colin or at, at the Colin script, um, leaving Mark Hamill out of that movie as Luke Skywalker was the single biggest mistake. I think they made lots of mistakes, but that one to me was the single biggest, putting him at the end and nothing else. I mean, I don't know. How'd you guys feel about that? What do you think, Chris? I agree. I think if they should have brought him in earlier, I would have liked to see... So taking the trilogy as a whole, I think that having Ray be Palpatine's granddaughter works, but you can't reveal that in the middle of the finale. You have to put that in the in the first, and then in the first movie, and then the second movie she's dealing with it, and then they you know they wrap things up in the third, and she you know becomes the Jedi she's always meant to be or whatever. I feel like they didn't know where they were going with her and their the JJ Abrams mystery box. Well, let's just make it a mystery. We'll figure it out when we get to it. And when they got to it, it was, they had planted so many different seeds and everything. They couldn't tie it together appropriately and do it justice. So my big change would be put that in the beginning. I'm all right with that. I actually kind of liked that swerve. So she's not necessarily a Skywalker, uh, but I, I, and I agree. I think Luke should have been in there. I think they should have kept some of his like other Jedi there or gone into more of an explanation on who Kylo Ren was as far as like the, the Ren piece, the Knights of Ren. They really didn't give you any of that in, in all three. They just kept talking about, Oh, that's the Knights of Ren. Okay. Why am I scared of them? You know, they didn't do them any justice. Um, and then I didn't really like the love story or linkage between Ray and Kylo. You know, I think they, they could have, they should have just, or they should have like, again, built that more into throughout all three, instead of just in the third one, finally telling you out of nowhere, Oh, we're a dyad of the force. So we're linked there. That came out of nowhere. And I was, that kind of was like, eh, that seems like a stretch. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, Go ahead, I think I was gonna say I think where like you think of like the original trilogy and where the real original trilogy succeeds, where some of this other stuff fails, is exactly what you're saying, Chris. Is like some of those plot points are are hit on in earlier parts of like even like the first movie or this or Empire Strikes Back. Like you're you're getting those plot pieces and then they're expanded upon as the films go on. Whereas in this in this one yeah i feel like there's just so much thrown at you in this last movie that just kind of comes out of left field and there's you, you as an audience member don't even get a chance to like um like have that like emotional impact of what's been revealed because you're just moving on to the next thing and it just nothing ever sets in there are i think there's also i mean for me rise of skywalker is like the biggest offender but i agree randy that i think also the the whole trilogy doesn't get set off on the on a great foot with force awakens um i remember thinking as 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 i was waiting for rise of skywalker to come out and like some of the 
pipes building or whatever um i remember thinking to myself like i actually think force awakens like as time goes on that movie is going to age like the worst out of all the three of these like later trilogies like when we like at least for me when i think of the prequel movies and i think of you know phantom menace you know attack of the clones and and uh revenge of the sith that like a lot for a long time a lot of people thought like phantom menace was like the worst one of them all and i actually don't think that movie like i think that movie actually has aged a little better than like some people thought like i don't think that movie is nearly as bad as people originally thought now um i i mean again like jar jar is not a great character but you know again he's like a kid's thing that was thrown in the pod racing isn't that bad and it has the best lightsaber fight of any of the star wars movies which is like kind of the big redemption thing so at least for me in my opinion i think that movie isn't nearly as bad so like the flip side of that for me is like force awakens while that seemed like such a palate cleanser at the time and people were so excited because it seemed like we were you know getting back to what star wars should be um it really just set the trilogy up to be like not good like not on a good foot and not not on sturdy ground to move forward um and that's my initial thought yeah i think from a writer's point of view and i'm not a writer but this is how i think about things sometimes is when you're writing um anything a show or book or movie i I think about a lot with time travel um stories where you need to know the whole thing because you're going to leave little clues like a hansel and gretel type of you know thing and the most satisfying thing at the end of a movie to a reader or watcher is to go back and say, Oh, like, I see where this was planted. This is really cool. It's like, there's a whole map to this. And you absolutely cannot do that. Like Chris said, with Palpatine and Ray being his daughter, like you can, you can, it's almost like Chris said, you can backwards compatibility it and be like, okay, but it wasn't like leading up to it. There's no like aha moment. So that's one of my biggest things is it wasn't satisfying at the end there. Even no. even Palpatine coming back, right? Like that's- That was that's crazy. Just, that's yeah. just released in the opening <sighs> crawl of the movie. A major that's, character from Star Wars that that comes insane. back to life. Planting seeds or like the first movie ends with, you know, Snoke doing something and revealing that he's raising Palpatine back or that mm. Palpatine or Snoke himself is the clone of Pel. You know, you that's something that should be planted in the first movie and not yeah. just thrown at you out of nowhere like that. Which and- brings which brings into kind of a larger issue of just the way the trilogy was managed by Disney, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they kind of wanted to do this like baton pass thing from director to director. Mm-hmm but they didn't have any, at least for it seemingly, maybe they did, but from what the movies that came out, it didn't seem like they did have any sort of like outline or story outline of like what they wanted to. Or, have or they didn't have any through line of somebody like touching all three. I know Abrams was really involved, but he didn't, I don't think he had a whole lot to do with the second one, where at least in the, the original trilogy, you had Lucas wrote all three. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they they had a couple different directors, but in but Lucas was in charge in like producing all three, and so you had someone overseeing the whole storyline. Where in the new ones, that even if they did have someone doing it, I imagine they did, but they did a bad job. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are looking at Kathleen Kennedy right now as being one of those overseers 
that, you know, had, had the ability to, you know, put somebody in charge to do that, or was the person who was doing that. Um, my other biggest complaint, and this is where, and I am going to put a spoiler in for um, the Mandalorian here. I was saying like, after that first movie came out, what do I want to see? I want to see a grown-up Luke Skywalker as an amazing Jedi just kick some butt. Like, that's what I want to see. And I want to see him come in and save the day. Remember the fight in the woods with the snow and the lightsaber goes flying past Mm -hmm. Kylo Ren? I thought Luke might catch it. At that point in the movie, that's what I was kind of hoping for. And then he would just come out swinging. Um, and I've been saying that since the first one. And I was like, you just gotta, you just gotta think from an excitement, from a point of view of just loving movies. Like we all do, like, that's what we want to see is somebody come in and save the day out of nowhere. Right. We, we love that. It's an easy, it's a layup for a movie or a story, but it's great. And then Mandalorian comes in and they knocked it out of the park and Mm. they did essentially exactly that, which makes it even more frustrating that you have billions and billions and billions of dollars as disney to throw at a movie and you couldn't find one person one person to know how to do this i'm getting heated guys i'm sorry but i'm just i mean it's great disney the the most powerful entertainment conglomerate i can think of couldn't find anybody to make this right but i think you guys are right it got a little too convoluted it got complicated they put too many people in charge too many cooks in the kitchen and uh you know, fell apart. I think they, the whole thing with the first movie is they, you know, when it first came out, we're like, okay, it was pretty good. They updated and redid the original story. It's basically like a the same type of thing, but an homage to to the original story. And it, at the time, I was like, okay, that's all right. But now I'm like, that that set everything off down the wrong track that sucks there was nothing original about it exactly and and so i think that too that leads into the last jedi right where then he he, uh ryan johnson's trying so hard to make this trill to make well now these next two movies just something different and not just a retread of the original three movies that he goes kind of he overcompensates right so then you get you get bitter old man luke which i'll be honest i didn't mind like i thought that was that creates kind of a more complex character for Luke Skywalker, which is, in, which just makes him more interesting. Right. Like I was okay in the direction that, uh, that he went, I know a lot of people weren't though. A lot of people hated that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but so yeah, he's just like overcompensating this other side of like, let's make this super different. And he just blows up like pretty much all the plot threads that were put in. And so then it, I mean, it, you know, JJ Abrams wasn't left with a lot to work with come uh, rise of Skywalker, but also what he was left to work with he just it seemed like he just kind of ignored and just still wanted to do his own thing and like essentially hammered a square peg into a round hole with rise of skywalker uh, i uh, that movie is just su- not for me not even just a bad star wars movie it's a straight bad movie i think like, it, like things just don't make sense in the movie the pacing is terrible the pacing is terrible it is i agree with that it is like for me it's uh just a bad movie not even a bad star wars movie and the other thing like star wars in general you know of all the media that's put out all the movies the tv shows the books anything that has happened in the 50 years previous to the uh, newest the recent trilogy coming out they 
always were sure to follow like the basic force rules of you know you have to become one with the force there's a dark side there's a light side you know all of these rules that we've been taught that exist in the universe about how the force is used who can use the force and then this trilogy just throws all of that out the window you don't they don't follow their own rules so all of a sudden ray out of nowhere is the strongest force wielder in the history of the jedi with no explanation and she knows exactly how to use a lightsaber with no training the most deadly weapon in the universe has ever seen you can't you can't do that and have fans expected to support it unless you provide them with some sort of explanation or some sort of story plot line as to why that is which they didn't do they just said oh this is ray she's great you better like her which i like daisy really i thought ray was a great character she just wasn't done she wasn't developed properly for what she her character was supposed to be and and to kind of to emphasize that point like one detail i loved about in kind of reading this Trevorrow script and the comics that were made about him, Ray wielding a double-bladed lightsaber, which makes total sense because she, through the movie, she had used her staff before she, you know, first picked up a lightsaber. And so then it would be very natural for her, right, to then pick up a double-bladed lightsaber and handle it kind of like a staff. Like that makes total sense. And that was just like a cool detail that like I immediately picked up on and was like, oh yeah, like that's really neat that he did it that way. Uh, and so, right, there are just like little things like that that maybe could have made the movies better I mean, I think it would have taken more than just those little things, but, um, you know, those little things that could have gone a long way to, to endear more fans. Yeah, to go back about the grumpy Luke comment, um, I didn't mind it either. I think that would have worked better in a TV show um, because you'd want to see Luke's arc go from that grumpiness and find out why and then come back again. So it, probably hard, it was hard to do it with only two movies, essentially one where he's alive, <laughs> really. Right. And, uh, in the movies um and yes chris going to what you said about daisy ridley i'd like i think for me separate out the actors from the writing and i thought daisy ridley was awesome i thought she was a great character great actress um I John Boyega was awesome. John too. Boyega had the you know what he brought was the fun of star wars he made it fun yes. like you could tell he was into he loved it he it yeah, he was having a good time. Like, he made that really, really fun. I thought Poe was a little cheesy, a little bit written over the top, but I, I still am okay with it. Like, I'm trying not to nitpick too much, but it's like you're saying the story, the force the rules. Like, that's, I think the number one thing with fantasy stories is the only way fantasy stories work is if there's rules within the fantasy. Like, you can't have, like, Harry Potter's a great example. There's rules about the magic. There's rules about the force. If you just have an open world where there's no clear cut rules for how the fantasy works, then people get bored with it and you don't understand it. And that's kind of what happened here. I will though say Pat that I think uh, episode eight had two of the coolest scenes that I've seen in movies lately. I loved the um, the uh, throne room scene where they mm -hmm. fight in the yes. throne room. Visually, I thought that was amazing. And I love the scene on the salt flats with the speeders. Yep. So, and that's why it's tough. Cause that actually, that made the movie for me. Just those two scenes. I guess I wasn't expecting much. So for me, those were awesome. I could watch those over and over again. And, and so I'll, I'll come out and say for me, episode eight is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I actually put that 
like right behind Empire Strikes Back. Like again, because it was something that challenged kind of what our what we thought about Star Wars, and mm-hmm. it tried to push it in a different different direction. On top of that, exactly what you're saying, Randy. Visually, it's a it's a great looking movie. Like yeah. it's it's a it's a very easy good movie to to watch and look at um you know the the character pieces in it are really good um but again like i think the problem was like i find myself second guessing that movie just because of the way the rest of the trilogy played Mm -hmm. out um and then on top of that right like that that movie despite you know i really really like it but i know that it's also like probably one of the most polarizing movies Mm -hmm. for star wars um you know i think everyone everyone's pretty consistent in either like they thought Rise of Skywalker was like okay, it was fine, or they just really didn't like it. Like there, I don't think there's anyone that loved that movie. They yeah. either were like it was fine, or they just didn't like it. Um, whereas like uh, Last Jedi, people either like really really liked that movie or they hated it. Yeah. And there is no, does not really seem like there's any in between for that movie. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, no, I, I from what I read was the same thing. Did you guys see the article that came out recently that? there's going to be a torture scene between Kylo Ren and Chewbacca that they removed from that movie. I think it was episode eight. They took it out. Oh, no. Well, so I don't would, know why they took it out. It would be episode nine, though, right? Because that was the movie where he gets yeah. captured. Where Chewbacca gets Oh, yeah. So episode nine. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of an episode nine. And that was that had some cool parts, like where she brought the ship down. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. But you're right. It's just, I don't know. It's, but it it's does... frustrating. I think though too that that movie Rise of Skywalker has some scenes that are really like visually mm-hmm. jarring where you're just like what is going on this doesn't make sense like for me what sticks out that first scene where all the uh all the uh star destroyers just like come up from like the ground kind mm-hmm. of and then like yeah. fly through the sky and and it's not really explained like where they're coming Pretty much from every scene on whatever that planet is it Exodar yeah. Exegol Exegol Every scene on Exegol is just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, right. And it's right. And it's you're you're just looking at it like, is he like, did these just get created by the force? Like, are they just flying up from underground? Like nothing. And it's not really explained what's happening. Exactly. I think that's the worst part is when it's like, okay, go ahead. Sure. Just create them from the force. At least tell us that. That's where right. they came from. And it, so, all right, we're left to believe he Palpatine can create star destroyers from the force. That's a long shot but i guess i'll go with it but i guess though i guess even in like a different in like the novelization of the movie they were built like they were actually just built like underground and so that was supposed to be them just like taking off but right like there's no way you would ever know that because it's not shown in the movie it doesn't make any sense you're right everything on exegol made me second guess myself during the movie do i not know star wars as good as i thought i did (laughs) like like the who who were the people in the room at the very end? Exactly, he's supposed <laughs> to be the people, but he's got a coliseum filled with people. Apparently, it was like just workers or people who like wanted to be Sith followers. They weren't Sith lords, but they sure looked like Sith lord. It, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Tell us Maybe. who they are. Maybe they're clones of him. Who knows? And and so just um, remind me, did J.J. Abrams do the ninth movie? So they brought him back, right? Yes. So originally, Trevorrow. So have you? First of all, have you guys read the the comics that this fan had made out of the Trevorrow script? No, I saw the article that described. Okay. The or they had did they have the pictures? Um, they had a couple pictures, but so on yeah. his on this, and I forget the guy's name. But uh, well, I I have it for my uh, for my plug to read this week. 
but um so he has it for free on his website he's just kind of like an independent artist who and who andrew made weingarner weingarner okay. okay and uh and so it is like reading these it's really it's just such a more cohesive story i think but it's interesting because you can see some of the plot pieces that like jj picked and just kind of then like morphed or whatever a little bit into rise of skywalker and it's like but if you're doing that man just like i don't know keep with what was like most of the plot of this movie because it seems like it would have made way more sense was the script based off of episode eight as it was made or was it based off of yeah, so it, it do, well, at least it does a better job of um, continuing on like some of the things that were going on in episode eight. So, like for example, okay. there's a in the Trevorrow script, there's a whole plot with um, with uh, Finn John Boyega's character and um, what's her name Tran Marie uh, Tran. Yeah, yeah. going uh, like going to Coruscant and and kind of like rallying these like disillusioned stormtroopers and like just the general populace to like rise up and fight against the First Order. And so I thought like that, like that's a much more satisfying arc for a for Finn's character, but then also it still kind of plays into that those two characters kind of like romance that kind of starts in the mm-hmm. second movie. Um, I'm try- they do, it does a much better job with the Knights of Ren. I mean that's another whole thing that we haven't talked about yet. I mean we touched on it a little bit, but just how like right like that's a huge like supposed to be like big bad villain group that like wasn't used through two movies, and even in the even in the Rise of Skywalker movie that we got like they're not in it that long like that much and they weren't that bad i mean they were bad at fighting but they weren't yeah another um another like kind of just like not wink and nod but just another cool like connection is in the trevorrow one one of the knights of ren wields the dark saber and so and again another spoiler for people who haven't seen mandalorian the dark saber is a huge uh huge plot point in mandalorian season two basically it's it shows like who rules mandalore and uh something that um what's his name ends up with at the end of the season the mandalorian <laughs> didn't didn't jardin ginger yeah gingerin um i and i think like we said like what what would we fix with these movies like what would we have done honestly the mandalorian has taken care of that almost like they because mandalorian occurs after the um the episode six essentially right so technically you didn't need these movies mandalorian is taking care (laughs) of what should have been done you know afterwards so i think the way i would fix the movie is replace kathleen kennedy with dave filoni yeah because I think Dave Filoni would have done a much better job at just managing all of this and making a coherent story. And so for listeners out there who may not know who that is, Dave Filoni is the executive producer of The Mandalorian, and he also produced a lot of the um, the Clone Wars uh, animated series, um, and I think Rebels as well, Star Wars Rebels, uh, which, you- which are pretty, pretty... Um, you know, not I won't want to say like critically acclaimed, but their fans really like them. They're very well received among fans. Yeah. And, um, and so basically like all the good Star Wars stuff that has happened since like the end of the prequel movies, it's been Dave Filoni and all the bad stuff has been Kathleen Kennedy. And JJ. Let's let, let's and JJ, let's yeah, and JJ. did, did you guys see the round table doc where, um, uh, John goes through and interviews all the different directors of season one of the Mandalorian. Did you guys watch this on Disney? Oh, no, no um and so he goes i don't even want to ruin it so just watch the one and he talks to dave filoni and filoni tells his story of when he first met george lucas and it's awesome it's 
all you need to know is if you are a Star Wars fan, you are going to love Dave Filoni after that story because he is probably the biggest Star Wars fan. And also he's 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 one of us. He is a nerd. Yeah. And he and that's probably why he's perfect for this is they weren't trying to fit a director writer into Star Wars. They took somebody who loves Star Wars, loves it, has all these ideas already and put him in there as a director writer. And he's just done a great job and now they're putting him in charge of other things too so and really it's like i mean it goes right along with like marvel and the mcu right like that's Mm -hmm. why they put uh kevin fage in charge like he was a really big he's kind of just like a big comic nerd and really you know really like the marvel universe and and all that stuff and look at that success so yeah it, it does make you kind of wish that maybe he had been put given a little more responsibility for some of the movies or something. I don't know. So what I, I've been reading now is they're going to try and make the movies non-canon and try to build back in. Have you read these articles? They, they were popping no. up for a while about oh. a month ago that they're hoping to make the movies non-canon. Like they never happened or they happened in like a side, like, you know, Star Wars Legends type of thing and then rewrite things so that they could I, probably I, bring I could that I probably bring luke skywalker back what'd you say chris a bad move <laughs> yeah i don't know it, yeah. it would be tough i mean if if they build off the mandalorian what do they have 30 years before you know 30 years in between so in between episodes seven and six where they can include you know the young luke skywalker they can use some of these characters still and maybe go with that so you're not missing out some of the old characters but yeah i i don't know how that's going to work to redo everything you could still i don't know if you could salvage it but you could write fine stories based off of that that happened after or you could put like you said some more put a trilogy in between the two about how the first order came to power and have that fight you know have that story be told that those battles that could make a, a decent film you could probably stretch a full trilogy out of that but i think just ditching them in that would be an even worse move in my mind just because that's Same. Mm-hmm. yeah like I, I would like to see honestly i think i would like to see just more content with some with this kind of new cast of characters that we got for the last three movies like mm-hmm. make make more make more television shows and stuff about Ray and Finn and what they've gone through and mm-hmm. you know or what's coming later like I think that could that could help us as an audience grow to be attached to these characters a little bit more and maybe even improve our um, perceptions of these movies if because that's another thing is I feel like the, there's so much stuff happening in all these movies that it was kind of difficult to really get attached and and to some of the characters um, and, and I think part of part of what's the good parts of star wars are stuff that is not having to do with the skywalkers we all like luke skywalker and we all love the skywalker saga the skywalker story but some of the cool pieces are things that have nothing to do with that Mm -hmm. you know that you can explore a ton of stuff like the mandalorian didn't really have a lot to do with the skywalkers until that last you know last episode and that was awesome so i think by ditching those three movies then just going back to luke skywalker that's that's limiting what you can do and limiting your world universe building i i'm really excited going off that chris is for the bad batch the um the clone the new clone series because that's exactly what you're saying i mean it's not gonna have to do with 
Skywalker, but it's just a cool idea of these clones that were essentially the Bad Batch clones and how they interact with the Star Wars universe. I think that's a great idea. And like think like some of the greatest stories are all the old Republic stories. Um, and that's before any anything of the Skywalkers was even, you know, that's like a thousand years before the first Star Wars movie happened. So those are some really good stories and it's a whole wide open world and you can do pretty much anything you want there. So that I am excited for when I think that's a show that's coming out too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That, that I think is going to be a focus of not only some new television shows coming out like next in the next year or two, but also comics and stuff too. I think that's a big focus on some of the comics and novels coming out. And here's where I, and this could be for a different episode. Um, this and Marvel are both, big in this like are you going to have to watch everything to keep up with the storylines like marvel is getting there essentially Mm -hmm. where like i watched wandavision with laurel and she had so many questions and it's like yeah i mean it's hard to explain um where do you you know where do you go with those things so star wars same thing are they gonna put out so much material that you're gonna have to watch all of it which we will i'm not saying we won't but, you know, for people who don't keep up with everything, it's going to be tough to see what, you know, where you go with all of it. I like it. Mm. All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Let's figure out what is one thing that you're going to do to fix these movies. If you could do any one thing, Randy, what would you do? And, you know, I'm going to be honest. I would have had Luke Skywalker come back in, in a save the day mo- mo- moment in episode six and the crowd would have gone nuts. The, everybody in the theater, we would have been rooting. And first time you see him on the big screen in how long? Um, and then Mandalorian did it. So I, you know, I, I think I was, you know, I'm you pretty still satisfied. have both though. You, you can have, have both. both. Oh, and also way more Babu Frick. Put him in episode six. I want to see him <laughs> as the main seven? character. Seven, seven, eight, Sorry. Nine. Yeah. Well, I actually digitally put him in episode six. Go back. Put him in six. <laughs> Way more Babu Frick. I mean, and also we got to say BB-8 was a good piece that came out of Abrams. I read a Mm -hmm. a little piece that he's the one that thought of it. So we give him credit for that. But Babu Frick, come on, one of the best. So what about you, Chris? Uh, Like I said, I would have introduced that Palpatine storyline way in the beginning. Have that, I think I would have had that been the backbone of the whole trilogy is that this is the final takedown of Palpatine. Um, you can keep Ray going. I would have given Finn a lot more. I feel like he kind of got brushed to the side. Um, I might have merged the character of Finn and Poe Dameron into just one character. I think they stepped on each other's toes a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't think I would have had Kylo Ren kill Han in the first movie. I would have liked to explore Ben a little bit more, or shown him turn to the dark side, maybe have him turn into kylo ren at the end of the first movie and that's the end of that's the cliffhanger into the second one and then the second movie is him going around and killing everything and then the third movie is wraps it all up so you would have had to convince harrison ford to be in three star wars movies instead of two though which would have been pretty tough i think Mm. money talks (laughs) that's true that's how they got him for the third or we'll just digitally add him yeah pat um yeah i think i would i would have just this is probably more of like a logistical thing i would have just had a uh 
longer like storyline plan for across all three movies even something simple of just like these are the major points we have to hit on in episode seven and then in episode eight and in episode nine to have just like a better outline of what was going to happen because it did seem like they were kind of just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck and and you know once that happened it was filling in the cracks with whatever else they could to make it make sense and it didn't end up making a you know a great trilogy That's all That's I got. Oh, all right. We did it, guys. We fixed we Star fixed Wars. It. We fixed Easy. Star Wars. Easy. Always count on cast bringers saving Star Wars. Now, how do we fix Tenet? No, that's fine. You don't okay. need to fix Tenet. Perfect. <laughs> okay. You just got to go backwards through it. Speaking of Tenet, we almost forgot one of our favorite segments. <laughs> did the cast watch Memento? Did the cast yeah. watch Memento? <laughs> guys, did you watch it? Bat, bat, let's start with you. Did you watch it? <laughs> well, I did have a thought about watching it this time, so it's an improvement. But no, I did not watch it. Randy, I again, watch Memento? I again had no thoughts about watching it, so no improvement on this end. Chris, uh, guys, I finished Memento. I watched what? it. What? I think I did. did. I think I watched Memento. Did I watch? Check your forehead. Oh, Check your forehead. Yeah, or any tattoos? Any tattoos? Yeah. <laughs> I watched Memento. I guess okay. I watched it. Sweet. So now Pat and I have to watch it before you forget everything that happened in it. Watch what? Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> Doesn't even count anymore. Then Chris has to watch it again. He forgot <laughs> it. Yeah. I did. The movie is. It wraps itself up very nicely. It's, I forgot how, like, as opposed to the Star Wars trilogy, Memento <laughs> is very streamlined and everything ties up perfectly in a pretty little package. It's from where it starts to where you end. It's a, it's amazing how well it is, how well they, they all wrap up. So nice. Well, someday, someday Randy and I will watch it. Yes. Sunday you're watching it? Uh, not, <laughs> no, I, I said some, some someday. Yeah. But not anytime soon, probably. All right. Uh, guys, I think now, you know, we can probably jump into our recommendations. Re- recommendations. We're probably kind of getting towards the end here. Um, so let's dive into our play, watch, read. Who's got something to play? I got something to play this week. Ooh. Uh, Tiny Room is a game on your mobile device. It is similar to the old point and click games, which I was a huge fan of. And I hope we do an episode on that at some point, but it is one of the best made point and click games I've ever played. Uh, They are continuously creating new levels to it. So I started in phase one or whatever it was called storyline one. And last time I checked, it was up to storyline three and I am stuck on a level but I have never looked up answers to a level and it is fun yet challenging. I definitely recommend buying it and you get a lifetime subscription to it. So as they update more levels, you get them for free. Um, Really, really fun game. So this is like a point and click, like adventure style game then, right? Like King's Quest or uh, Grim Fandango. This is just like an escape room type game. It's, it's similar to like, uh, kind of both of those. I played a lot of the mobile escape room games and some of them are good. Some of them are kind of cheesy. This game is more of essentially 
you have a stage that like, for example, has a house and you go in the house and you can go into different rooms, but it's all from above looking down below and the graphics are really actually pretty good. Okay. And you have to do different things within the house and there's codes and keys and things like that. Or okay, so, it, so I saw a tiny room in the show notes, immediately went to the app store, downloaded tiny room and beat it. And that's not the game that I played. <laughs> Chris, if you beat tiny room, you do not belong on this podcast. You belong on like Mensa top 1% because <laughs> that is not a, a beatable game. I will, while, while you guys give your recommendations, I'll try to look up, look it up and send you the <laughs> link. I would love to know which tiny room you downloaded though, Chris. Yeah. Chris, was yours like a remodeling a room, tiny room? <laughs> Yeah, home, home in uh, the HG Network Tiny Rooms. <laughs> so mine's called Tiny Room Stories, Town Mystery from Kiari Games. And it's like a two, it's a two-person uh, company. So it's a very independent company. But uh, yeah, give it a shot. My, mine was software. Tiny Room, Room Escape Game. No, that's not it. <laughs> but... Wah, wah, wah. Okay, so I'm glad I was specific because I don't want anyone playing the wrong one. So um, we want Tiny Room Stories. Yep, Town Mystery and again, Kiari Games. So, yep, there's my recommendation. Sweet. I'll jump in with the read just because we already kind of talked about it, but read uh, the comic version of Star Wars Duel of the Fates. Again, that was Trevorrow's script that got turned into a, a comic. Um, I'll be tweeting out the link later, uh, but check it out. It's a really good comic. He's not totally done yet, so he's going to try to kind of fit the whole script into seven issues, and I think he's up to issue six right now. He's hoping to have the whole thing done by the end of April, he said. So, you know, you can kind of keep popping back and check on it. Um, he's also, he he's doing this all himself. It's pretty impressive, but he's only got like an entire full issue colored, um, so the rest of the comics are in black and white. Some spots of the other issues are, have color in them, but He's kind of just getting it done as he goes. So um, eventually, yeah, though, I believe he said he's hoping to have them all just totally done, written, colored, and, and whatnot. So check it out. I will definitely right. be checking that out. Thank you, Ben. For the watch, I got uh, the movie Prospect um, with Pedro Pascal was in it. Uh, I'm not sure when it came out. I saw it on Netflix a couple months ago, and I'm not, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. But it's uh, a sci-fi movie where this miner has to go to another planet to mine some sort of gem. But it's it's gives me real Star Wars vibes because it's like dirty, grungy sci-fi where like it's not where it's like the Millennium Falcon, how it's like breaking all the time and the you know it's not clean white. It's that dirty, rusty gray space debris everywhere stuff just doesn't necessarily work it's like technology if you uh guessed what the future would be like based on the 80s tech it's like that type of technology where like you think about how like the star wars all their screens are this just like really basic block lines and letters so it, it kind of follows that line of technology which gives it a real star wars vibe so it's definitely and it's a really good movie um so there's your watch prospect the movie sweet cool that actually does sound really good i might yeah it does. check that out this weekend awesome. it's about about 90 90 to 100 minutes i think it's not a long watch and it's an Ooh. easy watch too 
So yeah, I like, I like that a lot. Yeah, not, not being a two-hour-plus movie. That's that's awesome. Some some graphic violence, but nothing too terrible. Even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to about do it for this week's episode. Before we go, let's give you your D and D character of the week. This week's D and D character is Safiro Pumanath. Safiro Pumanath is a Triton barbarian with a Path of the Berserker specialization, 73-year-old female. She has a clan crafter background. Well known for her work and gets some somewhat taken aback when others haven't heard uh, well, some of the stuff that she's done. She wants to return to her guild to prove that she was the greatest artisan of them all. But she would also love to kill to acquire a noble title and also has a secret crime or misdeed in her past. Ooh. So what do so we she, think? She wants a noble title or she killed a noble for the title? No, she would. If she had the opportunity, she would kill and she would kill someone for a noble title. Is that like like a wrestling belt? If I kill you, I get the title. Yeah, I'm, I'm the noble champion. Yeah. Yeah. So she's chaotic evil, definitely. I don't think so though. She's like making stuff for her clan and and she's and a barbarian. Out. That's chaotic. She's killing people. That's no. evil. No, but she hasn't killed you. She just said she might. You think she's a barbarian? She hasn't killed anyone yet. Lawful good. No, not lawful. All right, let's put the difference. Neutral, neutral. Neutral, neutral. Neutral, neutral. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening this week. Keep on cast listening. See, I fixed it this time. Ah. Wait, wait. Oh, hang on. Someone's someone's calling before we go. Right at the end of the show. Come well, on, man. Perfect timing. Come on. Hello? <laughs> Hello. Is this uh, Springers? Yes. Who is who is this? I am Luke's father. I, is this is this Darth Vader? Darth Vader. I ju- I just said that. Is who I am. Yep. I, I know. I got it. You're you're really really breathing into the phone. Can you just like take a take a half? Half step back. Why is my breathing apparatus? I thought, I thought you were dead. Didn't you like burn? Didn't Luke set your Force, body on fire? The dark side is immortal. Is what? <laughs> Mortal. Oh, you must have read that article that we Dyson had. <laughs> dark Force energy. Is that was that what Exegol actually was? It was just like a big Dyson sphere for <laughs> force. Who told you the secrets of the dark side? Um, your your <laughs> accent seems to be changing, Darth Vader. Just kidding! It is it's inevitable. <laughs> Wait! Oh my God! Darth Vader. Is, is, is this <laughs> is this Thanos pretending wow. to be Darth Vader? I'm Thanos Vader. I used my stones to make me. Darth oh my god what you call a mashup Thanos you gotta let it go man no great Darth Vader impression Thanos you had me fooled see I'm using my breathing stone to make me breathe like Darth Vader oh gee okay Thanos am inevitable we we know all right Thanos Darth Vader we have to go this is we're wrapping the show up Darth Nose Thanovader all right, Vader. We'll we'll see you later. I we gotta go, buddy.
Bye. All right. Bye. Did you hang up? <laughs> Ebony, hang up. But the communication. Ebony, Ma. Did you cut it? Is he gone? Oh, my gosh. Thanos always ruining everything. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I, and I probably shouldn't admit this, I was kind of on Thanos' side during the movies. Um, now I actually really, really like Thanos. Uh, he's got a calls, great sense of humor. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a bit of a trickster, you know? He is. He's got a little he's Loki a in him. Trick gem. Yeah, he had me for Joke stone. Joke stone. All right. That'll wrap it up for this week's episode thanks for listening keep on cast a listening till next week keep on casting no we are casting <laughs> we are the ones who keep on casting yes, they our, listen our listeners will cast listen Clisson. Clisson? I keep on sparkling castanets.